Hi, and welcome to the Jordan Kinda Knows Something Show, where I'll be talking about health, fitness, life, and anything else I kinda know something about. You know, some people are really, really sensitive in some areas of their bodies. Some people aren't in like really like strong stimulation. What is going on, everyone? And welcome to another episode. Now, today's episode, we are talking about a topic that is super taboo. It makes people super uncomfortable talking about it. And it's a super interesting topic. Now, it's about sex. We are talking about sex today. We are talking about sex health. We are talking about sex education, sex toys, relationships, all of it. I am talking with a guest who is a sexual educator. She teaches people about sex. She helps people with relationships and sex and things like that. Now, like, sex is something everybody does. So I personally don't understand why it's so taboo still why people get so uncomfortable talking about it it is a topic that I've wanted to talk about and I want to find someone who is willing to talk about it for so long because it is so interesting and there's so many areas that we can explore there's so many tips that we can give now why is it taboo I don't fucking know It is something that I definitely asked Grace about and she gives us a little bit of an answer um, of her opinion, but I don't know, maybe it's because the media and them kind of over-sexualizing everything and making it kind of this hush-hush or like, if you notice like when you have it in shows or things like that, again, it's over-sexualized or it's made fun of or it's just kind of like... The person that is super open about it in the shows are made out to be like a slut or a whore or that kind of stuff. So maybe it's that. Maybe it's because porn being so unrealistic and that having something to do with it. I don't know. It is, again, something that Grace discusses and um, we kind of get a little bit more into that. Now, I think also like your childhood and how you're kind of taught about it definitely plays a role so like me when I was in middle school which in Canada or where I went to school in Canada middle school is like grade five through eight and I remember in like grade six or seven we had one class of sex ed and when I say one class I mean like one 45 minute class ever and this class, basically, they split up the boys and the girls. So the boys went to one room, the girls went to another. And for my class, basically, we were told to write all of our questions on a piece of paper. We put them all in a hat, and then the teacher would answer the questions. And that was all of the sex ed that we had. It was, like, super awkward because you could tell the teacher was super awkward about it as well. And you could tell the questions, like, some of them were super inappropriate or some of them like were just so that people could get giggles out of it whereas some of them were like actual questions so yeah that was basically the education that we had around it and it's again it's like just such a weird thing that it's not more talked about especially in schools and especially with kids and with young people about kind of the body and about consent and things like that now here's the thing people are interested in it for sure because you have fucking like 
amazing like bosses like Alex Cooper on the Call Her Daddy podcast who just is so open and so fucking amazing and talks about it and her podcast is like probably one of the top podcasts around the world or maybe it is like the number one podcast right now but you know you have people like Alex who was talking about it and making it more normal um so yeah I just thought this topic or this interview would be super interesting today and again it is something that can be explored in so much more depth and it can be explored in so many different areas so who knows maybe there's going to be another episode later down the future but during this episode I am talking with Grace Atlas she is a sex educator a relationship coach she has so many tips and tricks that she posts on her Instagram she has a website coming out soon she does one-on-one coaching and we just basically talk about her work around a sex educator we talk about kind of sex education through school we talk about why sex is such a taboo topic and various other topics throughout this podcast episode so definitely stick around and i hope you enjoy the episode Alrighty, hello grace and welcome to the show thank you so much thank you for having me no worries no worries now grace if you didn't mind starting by kind of introducing yourself yeah no problem so my name is grace Alice O'Shea um, and I'm Irish. I am from a place called Kerry in Ireland which is quite rural. It's kind of down the bottom of Ireland um, but I actually live in Galway City which is beautiful and um, in a nutshell I suppose I'm a sex educator so I do work in two separate jobs. They're both in the sexuality field. Uh, one of them is a relationships and sex educator where I work with young people, mainly in schools. Um, but I also now, and which has brought me to this podcast, have started work as an independent sex educator. So where I will be working with people aged 18 and over. Um, so yeah, that's kind of me. <laughs> that's cool. how I got to be on this podcast. Awesome. Yeah. Um, now I'm like interested, how did you start this journey and how did you start this journey with becoming like an independent, um, let's say sex educator, for example? Um, when did it start essentially? Good question. Um, I guess, so I started in my, um, my other roles. So the role in which I work in schools and with young people, I started that actually as an unpaid placement. So I did a master's in health promotion and then I did an unpaid placement with this fabulous charity called Sexual Health West. And they actually offered me a job at the end of it. So I was delighted, went into that job. I've been doing that, I think four years now. And I kind of always had in the back of my mind that I did want to someday, I think a lot of people have the dream of working for themselves and just kind of, you know, totally doing their own thing and creating their own thing. But it was only actually where where it really solidified was during lockdown. Mm. So we kind of went into lockdown uh, per se at the end of March. And it just gave me more time, I think, to think because you're not meeting up with people. You're not like... I wasn't going to schools, so there wasn't this kind of hectic, chaotic, you know, just keeping up with your your day-to-day schedule. So I kind of was like, maybe I could start working on something. Um, So in my head, it was always going to start as an Instagram page. Mm, (laughs) Um, I just think it's a really nice kind of accessible way to dip your toes, you know, without committing to a whole website and all this. So 
I just started working on a logo and then kind of what would I, I needed to separate the two roles. So I said, okay, I'll use my middle name, Grace Alice, um, and that'll be a separate kind of entity. So really it was during lockdown that I got the logo together. I started the Instagram page um, and now a few months on, my website is being developed. I'm open for um, one-on-one sessions now. Um, I'm putting together some workshops. So it's really exciting. It's all been in my spare time. So it has been... Um, it has been full on, but as I said, being in lockdown just gave me that opportunity to really divide up your day the way you want to divide it up, which yeah. was actually a nice <laughs> bit of freedom, ironically, in lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> it was nice to have the freedom to, to work what hours essentially I wanted. So I guess that's it in a nutshell, really. That's how I became um, an independent sex educator. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, I know it. COVID, like it. It, of course, is negative in all of that sense, but it's a good way for people to kind of start things like this and, um, yeah, create businesses and do things that maybe you've always wanted to do. So that's awesome. But I'm curious on what made you start this career? Now, I think, I mean, I'm from Canada and living in Australia, and I think sex is always kind of like such a taboo or kind of a topic that people don't want to talk about, people are afraid to talk about, or when you do talk about, they kind of change the subject or things like that. So what made you so, or how are you so comfortable with this? And what made you kind of want to help others um, with it? Yeah, that's a really good question because it's certainly, it is still taboo. Many areas of sexuality is still taboo um, in Ireland in a way, even though we have become much better. And I must stress that. But I guess um, maybe if I work backwards, like certainly growing up in Kerry, which again is quite rural, there's no city in the in the county of Kerry. Um, there was a lot of shame around sex mm. it didn't come from my family thankfully but just in general um you know our sex education was appalling i mean we didn't really have it we had to we had a woman like really well-intentioned come in and basically divide up the girls and the boys and i don't even know what i don't even know did the boys actually get <laughs> a class or what but um we got one and it was just some periods essentially it was just right. periods as yeah. if you know that's rooted in your sexuality and everything um and it was just about tampons and pads and this Mm -hmm. which is great like yeah useful absolutely but you know nothing on desire or masturbation or sexual acts or gender like you know all those consent you know um so that's the background I was coming from. Yeah. Um, so I definitely had a lot of, and people find this really hard to believe, people that only know me recently, but I had a lot of internalized shame around this mm. stuff. Like I wouldn't have talked very openly until I went off to college, right. uh, which that can happen that way for a lot of people. I think you go off to college. Um, I didn't actually start kind of having sex till I was in college. And I think when I actually started having sex, I was like, oh, this is great. Um, But there's still, I was encountering so many like negative attitudes, just Mm. particularly around women. And I am conscious that being a woman, sometimes I can have a bit of a biased view of how I talk about these things. But speaking from my own truth, as a young woman, you know, you just couldn't do anything right like you were yeah. either frigid or you were a slush or there was just so much I felt shame and punishment attached to having yeah. sex yet there was this pressure to have it so it was 
really mind boggling. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of all going on in my personal life. And um, I remember actually going for my first ever STI test. And I'll always remember this. And I only have had two, um, uh, two sexual partners at this point. And when the doctor asked me, you know, how many, how many sexual partners have you had? I said two. And she said, oh, good girl. Yeah. And I just never forget that good girl and yeah. being like, I don't intend to still say two when I come yeah. back next year. Like this isn't the path I'm on. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of, I know it's only a small moment, but moments like that stick out to me as being actually quite influential in when I realized, you know, I, I actually kind of maybe want to get involved in this somehow. I want mm-hmm. to kind of help lift this veil of kind of shame. Um, so I did occupational therapy in college. Um, which I love as a discipline. It's it's mm. something people don't know much about. We know more about physiotherapy, but occupational therapy really is amazing and helps people so much. Yeah. And one thing I noticed being in that course was that, you know, you learn to help rehabilitate people. So it could be teaching someone how to, when I say teaching, it could be actually teaching, could be enabling, it could be, you know, it, it, it's, it's very complex, you know, but I'm trying to simplify it. Yeah. You could be helping someone to learn to walk again or right. eat again or write right. again or, you know, but there was so little about sex. Yeah. And I, I just, I, in a way, I wasn't surprised because again, mm-hmm. Ireland, but <laughs> as like a professional thinking, and a person thinking, okay, if I have get a spinal cord injury, if I have a stroke, if I ha- I'm in a car accident, like all these things that, that can bring people to OT and nothing gets said to me about my sexuality and how I'm going to reclaim that. I think that is such a disservice to, yeah. to people. And I didn't feel we were equipped really to address it at all in practice. I, I really don't even remember even having a lecture on it if we had it was definitely only one lecture and I missed it you know that right. kind of way there definitely wasn't a module on it or anything mm-hmm. um so then I got to the end of doing occupational therapy and I kind of knew that it wasn't there was something about it that was like I really like this but it's not really what I really want to do right. um yeah. And then I came across a friend was doing a master's in health promotion. And what appealed to me in health promotion is it's so broad that you could go into many different areas. And also like OT can be very one-on-one, which is fantastic. And health promotion is kind of about, um, you know, initiatives and campaigns and policy and just on a more widespread level, which kind of interested me. So when I went into that, I ended up, um, focusing on body image as right. my um my topic for my thesis which i was have always been very interested in as well and um so i'm probably rambling on now oh no that's, that's i love of, it yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so that's kind of what brought me to you know it was very much a kind of journey and i hate that word sometimes but it's a bit cliche but a journey yeah. personal and professional development that has brought me to this role I couldn't have been in this role you know at 18 or even at 21 I had to go through all I was going through in my personal life and what I was learning in college to actually get to this point to be comfortable talking about this stuff um and yeah funny enough I I really took to it like a duck to water once once I went on the placement in the masters doing the sex ed in schools 
I just, I really, everyone always asks me that. They're like, surely you were so awkward and nervous at the beginning. I was like, I wasn't, I don't, right. I, maybe I was just so ready to talk about this stuff. Yeah. I was just so, I think your passion kind of nearly eclipses whatever right. awkwardness there is. Because if you're awkward, you know, the kids are going to get awkward. And yeah. you just, if you're doing it professionally, there's no real room for awkwardness. So yeah. Um, I think I was just, you know, really passionate about, about being that person that I didn't have when I was a teenager, right. that like getting as much information into these little people as possible, um, that could hopefully help them, you know? Right. Yeah. And I guess, I guess too, like if, if you need it, if they're not getting that in the past or they're not getting what, what they need, the education, then yeah, you should be passionate about it. And it's not going to be awkward. I know, like you said, when you only had like a couple classes, right? In, in school. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So I only had one class. I remember, I think it was like grade six or seven. We only had one class, one sex ed class. They split up the the boys and the girls again. And that was that it was one year, one class. I don't even remember what we, I think, I think actually the teacher brought a hat around and we all had to put in questions on things that we were okay. curious about and then put it in the hat and then he just answered it. So it was like a 20 minute class. And then we went on our day. That was our education. So yeah, it's very, um, again, it's very taboo and it's very, it was almost like the teacher didn't want to talk about it as well, you know? So um, I guess what I'm interested though is um, what, kind of things do you do so what are common things that you educate um on yeah um there is a big variety to be honest and again this I suppose as an independent sex educator my business is still just starting off Mm -hmm. um but generally speaking there is a lot around sexual communication basically Mm -hmm. and I know that's a really broad term but how to communicate to, or sorry, with your partner. Um, That's something that comes up over and over. Um, And I suppose it's linked to consent and boundaries and all that, which are so important. And again, really need to be learning the stuff from a young age because it's Mm -hmm. it's hard in your 20s or any age to be unlearning all these Mm -hmm. roles and beliefs about sex and trying to learn a whole new script. But it is possible. Yeah. I get uh, there would be questions as well, just kind of around, I suppose your standard, you know, contraception, protection, different things like that. Um, A good bit about using sex toys, actually. That seems Mm -hmm. to be a popular topic. Um, People are kind of wondering, how do I start um, with all this? Because there's so many gadgets and everything you can get. Um, Also, something that comes up a bit is... um, I suppose relationship issues in things like infidelity mm. and cheating and um, as well dating. I mean, dating is a huge one. Right. Uh, people struggling with dating and yeah. how do I, you know, how do I meet someone? And it's the age old question. And it's, mm-hmm. it's just in the, in the age of internet dating, I suppose, and Tinder and whatnot, you are adding so many layers to it and yeah. you're coming across so many people. Um, so that would, that would be, I'm trying to think, is there anything else? Oh, pleasure would be a big one. So, um, particularly with women, um, I've worked with several women who would be in their twenties and have not yet had their first orgasm. And 
like at first when I kind of came across these stories, I was like, oh, that's that's really sad. But yeah, like it's sad because and it's not that anyone has to, you know, that there shouldn't be pressure on people because there is legitimate reasons why women are having this problem. Um, But it's just that yeah that it's it's kind of common you know Mm, and it's um they're kind of like how do I have one and it's like okay you have to go right back and talk Mm -hmm. about so it's masturbation and your connection with yourself and even all the messages you've picked up all through your life about sexuality like they all inform this stuff um so that is one that comes up a lot right and yeah, there's a few other bits and pieces, but they would probably be the main ones main at the ones? moment that okay. have come up so far. Yeah, okay. yeah. I'm interested mm. about the toys. So when you educate people on the toys, I'm sure like, again, there's so many things out there. Where do people start when they're going to look or when they're trying to choose? Good question. Um, so there, yeah, there's quite a lot to it, but it's it's absolutely doable and it's not something anyone should be scared of. I always advocate for the use of sex toys and it's it's not saying, oh, you have to use them to have good sex at all, but it's right. just not to be afraid of them and not to think they're this, because they're very much portrayed in the media as like really kind of a kinky for exactly yeah, I was just going to say, yeah. You know, yeah, kind of almost still a bit taboo, like kind of, um, you know, this is what you use to spice up your sex life. And it's like, yeah. okay, they can do that, but yeah. that's not that's not the, um, the be-all and end-all of it at all. Um, like sex toys have so many benefits. Right. They, they help couples and people, um, or, or people not in a couple in so many different ways. So I suppose to answer your question, um, where do I start? So I suppose I start with kind of talking about the different sensations that sex mm-hmm. toys can give. So, um, you know, some people are really, really sensitive in some areas of their body. Some people aren't in like really like strong stimulation. Mm-hmm. Um, so just kind of a general conversation with that. And they might not know yet what they like, and that's fine. Right. It's just to kind of get a feel of it. Also, my thing is to find reputable shops and Mm. retailers and I kind of have a list of them that I'm working on and I share them as I find them on my Instagram because there is so much stuff out there that is just I mean I wouldn't put it near my body and I I did years ago without knowing any better yeah um you know the materials things are made of and the chemicals used etc like it it is really there's really some dodgy stuff out there right um so finding and i can recommend these uh, specifically in ireland but i'm i can look more far as well but uh places that are run there and they generally tend to be smaller businesses okay that are run by people that know their stuff right so um for example there is sex shuppa and shuppa is irish word for shops so sexshuppa.ie in ireland uh, and it's run by um, a woman called Shauna Scott. And she's brilliant. Like you just know from her Instagram, she really knows um, right. about sex toys. And you could definitely reach out to her with a question and she'd mm. be so approachable. And there's Joe Devine as well in the UK. So really finding a really good retailer. And then I think, you know, it's really about, it's a bit of trial and error, unfortunately. Mm. Like you could get, you could buy a sex toy and look, you th- you just really don't like the sensation or you don't like the size of it or you don't like, you know, and that can happen. Right. Um, 
So there is a bit of trial and error. So that's why I always say, like, start simple. Like, mm-hmm. you don't need to be going for all the, the bells and whistles first go. Yeah. Um, unless you've loads of money and you don't mind, like, yeah. you know, buying an assortment. Um, but starting really simple with, like, you know, kind of the smaller vibrators that have, like, multiple speed settings. So, again, mm. you're kind of playing with the different sensations and stuff like that. Um, is there anything people need to watch for like materials you were saying before there are a lot of materials out there that are bad for example or um, is there any places that you wouldn't recommend is there any things that you need to start with because I mean there's even online I don't know if there's Amazon Ireland for example there is yes like you could go to Amazon let's say or you could go into a shop for example is there anything that people need to watch for um I think like with online I suppose I think there was a whole um kind of expose around Amazon sex toys being okay. returned and resold on oh, I don't know okay. did you well, hear about that but, no, but yeah that's something <laughs> that's good to know <laughs> I know and that's not something you want you know to be happening um I, I definitely read about that somewhere but I would need to double check it yeah um what I would look for is uh the term body safe so um body safe materials body safe ingredients and you will see that again on on online shops like sex shopper and joe divine they actually go into you know kind of in detail what the materials are like if you're online and they're not mentioning anything about it being safe for the materials or ingredients hmm, i would just proceed bad. with caution yeah um you know even with lubricants like they're like there's some massive brands and we all know the hmm. big name brands and you can go into pharmacy and buy it yeah but some people react really badly to them yeah. because they're full of sugars and flavorings and um just different kind of chemicals basically so really i would be moving towards um sex toy retailers that are very upfront Mm. about their products being body safe and they don't stock stuff that isn't body safe um any retailers that have a good education section on their website Mm. is really good to see and there was something else as well that i can't remember it's got out (laughs) of my head um yeah i think just oh yeah sorry sex toy shops as well retailers that are very um I don't know if it's gender neutral, the word, but basically very inclusive probably okay. would be the word I'm looking for. Right. Um, because again, you know then that they have a good understanding of anatomy and how it differs. Mm. Um, and it's, it's going to be much easier to approach a company like that or a little business and ask right. them a question and, and, and just be confident that they're going to give you you know, sound advice as well. Right. And I think that's another another thing to it, right? Some people may be embarrassed to go into a shop or something like that. So if you have these people that are knowledgeable um, and make you feel safe, then it's probably makes the experience a little bit easier for them to go back. Definitely. Definitely. I, I think it's all about as well, the people working for, yeah. you know, selling this stuff. Um, because I have definitely been in shops and I won't name obviously anyone but like there are big retailers and like you just know that they don't really like they're salespeople, which is great that's their job but they're not they're not sex educators and like I'm not saying you have to be but I I I strongly feel you have to have a good understanding Mm -hmm. of of sex of anatomy of gender of of all these different 
mm-hmm. you know, concepts um, to really know what you're doing within right. that business. Um, and just to mention as well, there's a really good, if anyone was listening and wants to learn more from a kind of expert, um, there's a podcast called Glow West. It's okay. like, I think it's the biggest sexuality podcast in Ireland. Right. And um, Dr. Caroline West interviews Joe Devine, uh, or sorry, Samantha is actually her name, but she's the co-owner of uh, joedevine.co.uk. Okay. And she goes into all the different actual materials and oh, awesome. ingredients you need to look out for. Right. Um, I can only remember a few of them, so I don't want to yeah, go into Yeah, yeah, no, no worries. Yeah. I, um, um, but yeah, she's just, just, she was pointing out just like the amount of infections you can get from stuff like that, that bacteria can be really, you know, easily kind of, um, spread from the use of some of them, um, and different toxins and yeah, it's, it's just really informative. So probably good to. And what was the podcast again called? So it's glow. So glow West. Glow West. Okay. I'll put that in the description below everyone. So um, definitely check that out as well. Yeah. Um, Now, do you ever recommend, so I know you're saying that you work sometimes on relationships, for example. So if a couple came in and was looking to um, maybe try something new, um, are sex toys something that um, you would recommend to people like that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'd recommend um, being open-minded to it. Right. Um, I think sometimes, again, because of this kind of the media portrayal of sex toys, unfortunately, that sometimes people feel a bit like they're failing in some way yeah. if they need to introduce a sex toy, which is so, so untrue. I mean, yeah. I'm always like, like, what a time to be alive. You know, we could yeah. buy these things that literally yeah. make sex, you know, can make sex so much uh, more pleasurable for people so why not take advantage of that you know um like our body parts can't really vibrate and do all this stuff that some sex toys just can and that's okay um and that it's not about being in competition you know with a sex toy or anything like that so i'd probably talk a little bit about that first and just you know break down some myths around sex toys um but yeah, absolutely. I'm actually working at the moment um, on, it's kind of like a sex checklist for want of a better word. Okay. And it's, it's, it's not a to-do list. Right. <laughs> it's basically loads of different sexual activities and a lot of them involve toys where you and your partner, or you know, you can do it on your own, but say if you're in a couple, you could look at them and kind of say, okay, no, that one's definitely no, mm. I'm never going to do that. Let's just cross off the list. Then highlight the ones that are like, I'd be willing to try that. And then some of them being like, yeah, I've always wanted to do that. So um, you're going to land then on some stuff, hopefully that you've both maybe wanted to do, or maybe that one person really wants to do. And one person is like, yeah, okay, I'm I'm open to trying it. Um, So I think that can be a really fun tool as well to use just to open, you know, broaden your horizons a little bit Um, because it can be overwhelming. You know, if you Google, how to spice up your sex life or sex tips. I mean, you're going to get like millions of hits. Yeah. And there's so much stuff out there and it's overwhelming and it's this position, that position. And, you know, it, it doesn't need to be that overwhelming or yeah. that complicated. Yeah. Um, and like you said before, I'm sure like a lot of people may feel like, oh, they're failing or that they need to do this and that when 
in reality, it's no, you're just spicing something up. You're trying something new. Um, like you said before, you're getting something that you may not get from a partner. So um, yeah, it's interesting there how people kind of, it's almost portrayed as, yeah, like you're failing, like you were saying before, um, instead of it benefiting. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, now, I want to get into relationships because I really like um, how you um, brought that up before. Um, but when somebody is coming to you and they're asking for, let's say, dating advice or they're asking for where to find someone, um, what is some advice that you can give these people? I suppose at the moment it's been really difficult yeah. because it's not <laughs> the best time for me to be starting a business where I'm giving dating advice, you know, where people can barely date. Well, I suppose we can kind of start again now. And I know people are um, like, I suppose with the where to meet people, it is really about figuring out what's best for you. And I know that's probably sounds very vague, but right. there's really no way around that. Um, yeah. You know, in Ireland, okay, we have a culture of um, <laughs> alcohol use, mm-hmm. um, probably alcohol misuse a lot of the time. And generally speaking, and you can ask any Irish person this, yeah. most people, if you talk to them, have either met their partner either on a nap or in the pub like okay. on a night out right yeah. now I'm sure there are exceptions of course there are but generally speaking because again there is such discomfort yeah. around sexuality in Ireland that I think people have struggled to actually um you know approach people and right. kind of like it was so funny because in, in when you go to the states, like people could ask you out like at the gym like or that, at the exactly, cafe, yeah. and I'm like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. <laughs> like as in, I just so taken aback. I'm just yeah. like, "Oh my god, you're so confident." Yeah. Um. Whereas it really, I've generally speaking, Irish people say it's not really like that here. Mm. Um, with dating as well, it is kind of about like a huge thing about dating and that I would kind of work on with people is coping with rejection. And I know that sounds kind of like, you know, maybe a bit negative as if teaching someone how to drive, we teach them how not to crash or how to deal with a crash. But this is reality because when you're in the dating field, you are going to get rejected and you are going to probably reject people. And even the word reject can be a harsh term, but Mm -hmm. you know, just to, just to simplify it. Um, so a lot of it would be actually working on that even before I talk about where to meet people and kind of you know what have your experiences been so far and what has worked and what hasn't worked and and how do you cope with this and that and it's going to be very you know unique to each person um and I guess then it would really be about you know how do you it's kind of what you're looking for If, if someone's looking for casual sex um kind of dating um yeah a lot of that's going to happen online yeah. you know it is it's probably not that i know of yet but there's no big kind of convention or whatever no, that you can yeah. go to to just meet people for casual sex not yet not yet, not yet no way. i don't think i don't think so maybe <laughs> i should start one um but yeah a lot of that's gonna happen online and then i would talk about kind of you know self-care online protecting yourself um, connecting with people online, what are some red flags? Um, and I'm very much, I do like, I do give advice. It's not that I, I do nothing, right. but I do like to kind of draw it out of the person as well, yeah. because it is kind of, 
it is their learning and it is their journey and it, it's going to differ because even something I could find is a red flag. They could be like, oh, no, I'd, I'd be fine with mm. that. So, I, you know, I don't want to tell them yeah. basically yeah. stuff too much, um, rather work it out with them. Um, and then if it's someone looking for a more, you know, people that are looking for love, as mm. they say, yeah. um, you know, a lot of the time on these kind of image based apps like Tinder and stuff, I mean, and it can absolutely work, but you're going to have to sort through a lot of people that aren't necessarily looking a for that, you people. know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so you're trying to find someone you've common interest with or some common ground with. Um, yeah. So I kind of go through what they enjoy to do, what would be their interests, things like that. And um, then think, OK, how can how can we find people? Mm. It could, is it through like um, different clubs or societies or different events? Um right. And then sometimes it could just be actually not about how to meet people, but how to actually date them. So how right. to act on a date or how to uh, communicate, um, you know, with the other person, things like that. And again, it's just so varied, but that's kind of a snapshot of things okay. that would come up, basically. Awesome. Um, a lot of stuff, just while I remember, a lot of stuff on, I think they're called are they called situationships? I'm not sure. Is is that a is I, that a new I, term I came across? Yeah, I've never heard of that. I could be using it wrong, actually. But <laughs> what I'm trying to get at anyway is, um, do you know when people are dating but they're not boyfriend and girlfriend? Yes, okay, they're not official. Yeah, and there's yeah. this whole. Um, oh, yeah. I could be actually using that term wrong, but but you know mm -hmm. what I'm talking about anyway. Yes. That kind of, uh, you know, that kind of. Um, I was about to call it no man's land, which is awful because it's not, it's totally yeah. not. But people can feel like a bit in limbo uh, if they feel they want to move on with the relationship right. or if they're unsure. Yeah. So that comes up a lot. Um, say, you know, how do I have that talk where, yeah. you know, I want to be with this person, but I'm not sure do they want to be with me. And, yeah. you know, people can play a lot of games. We play a lot of games sometimes when we're dating. Um, yeah. So that would come up a lot and kind of me checking with that person. Well, how do you, you know, how do you feel? What would you like to, how, you know, how, how, how would you like to feel after communicating with this person? Right. What would you like to get across to them? Um, what might they respond with and how can we cope with the different responses? And right. um, yeah, so things like that. Okay, cool. Um, now, with relationships, you were saying that you work a lot with people who are worried about infidelity and cheating and things like that. Um, how do you deal with that? How do you get people to essentially trust? Like if people are are super, I guess, untrustful or people are worried that their partner's cheating or this and that, what are some advices that you often give people um, in those situations? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really, it's really, really tricky. Yeah. Um, and there is a lot of, there's a lot of kind of beliefs we can come across, like, you know, once a cheater, always a cheater, but yeah. that's something anyway, I've heard being said a lot. And of course, anything like this, it can't really be separated into black and white. Um, even though like I follow just out of interest, I follow a lot of you know, these relationship advice pages on Instagram. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and some of them I'm like, oh my God, like these are so polarizing. Do you know yeah. the stuff they put out? I'm like, they're so black and white. But anyway, um, yeah, I guess like the first thing would be again, 
you're checking with the person how are they feeling how are they say you know if someone has actually been unfaithful or cheated on them in some way um then you would kind of suppose you need to analyze as well your partner's behavior Mm. so there is a big difference so say I had someone come to me and he had been um so it was a woman that came to me in a relationship with a man and he had been unfaithful um with his uh, I think it was his ex wife okay um and she had suspicions really? uh just about stuff found on the computer that she um sorry that she was he was being unfaithful to her right and I was you know I was kind of like okay you know the fact that he was unfaithful for unfaithful with his ex-wife like how do you process that okay so people are allowed to make mistakes they're allowed to grow and yeah. they're allowed to move on but at the same time um he had lied to her about other things in the relationship the mm-hmm. current girlfriend says so like okay there, there's definitely a, a comfort with lying here and there's yeah. a bit of a pattern and you know basically this all stemmed from you finding something so you right. kind of initiated this like comparing say that to maybe some maybe a couple who've been together and someone gets I don't know someone gets really drunk makes a really stupid mistakes right. mistake comes and tells their partner straight away. Um, I'm not condoning it. I'm not saying that's okay. And yeah. it is totally up to that person whether they are like, no, you know, that's that's it. But you can see the difference between, yeah. you know, Someone and this kind of makes cheater always yeah. a cheater. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, and again, I'm not condoning it because I do genuinely think it is it is such a hurtful and can be actually right. very traumatic for people yeah. to happen to. But sometimes it can happen from a place of of many things of right. of, of desperation, of loneliness, of um, all different reasons. Um, so I would kind of look at just you know aside from the incident of say mm. cheating or whatever has come up, all the other kind of aspects of the relationship yeah. I guess right. um and I really I'm really careful with the advice in this one I'm never gonna tell someone you know you need to leave yeah. this person yeah or no you can forgive this person I mean that's absolutely not my place to yeah. say at all um and I would work a good bit with setting boundaries so what is cheating that could differ hugely between couples some people think watching porn is considered cheating some people think some people i've heard this is on the radio a while back i think it kind of went a bit viral in ireland some people think uh using a vibrator is cheating oh wow um Yeah, whereas some people have, but even people who have open relationships and um, are in polyamorous relationships, um, you know, they can still, there's this myth that they can't be cheated on. Of course they can, because it's about honesty and transparency, if that's what they decide. I know Mm -hmm. some people decide that, okay, what you do with this person around these days, I don't want to know. Whereas other couples be like, no, full disclosure. Um, So anything outside of that you know, would be considered in, uh, unfaithful. So it is really figuring out, having those chats, they're hard chats to have. Mm. And they don't necessarily come up easily. You're out for dinner, you're like, so what do you consider cheating just before yeah. we move on? But there's definitely room for it when, if you are becoming a couple and if you are making it official, um, I'm saying that in little quotation marks, yeah. um, you know, that could be the time to kind of open that up a bit because you're already mm. talking about, yeah. if you're making it official, you're probably 
also kind of green you're not going to see other people you know that kind of generally comes as part of that kind of movement from dating into a relationship so it's a good time to have a chat about it um or even just bring it up um you know if you're watching tv or a film or there's some agony and column or whatever like talk about it just like Mm -hmm. what do you think about this yeah i just think it's really i know sorry it's a bit off topic to what you asked me but i think it's really important that like all this groundwork is is kind of laid down a little bit before really getting I suppose into a committed serious relationship maybe yeah Yeah. and it it helps the surprise factor too I I would assume so like if you talk about it and then let's say someone has cheated and then they're so surprised that that partner's left them for example or stays or whatnot if you haven't talked about that or if you have talked about it then there's nothing to be surprised about you know setting those ground rules I think can really help even even help with cheating you know if if people don't know what's going on in the relationship then I'm sure that'll definitely um maybe potentially ruin things down the road right yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. no you're right definitely just as you said ground rules kind of setting them and like they can change yeah exactly they can change um and it is you know sometimes these things it's it's as with sex as well I'm always saying talk about it talk about it talk about it but like I totally appreciate that talking about this with the person you're actually in a relationship with or having sex with is hard like Mm -hmm. it's but but that's kind of it is worth doing even if it is difficult yeah definitely all right awesome now Grace where can people find you I know you said you have Instagram and you have a website coming um do you mind plugging those in (laughs) <laughs> no problem um so i can't wait till my website is up and running but it's not yet it will okay. be um it'll be gracealice.com i imagine okay. i have bought a few different domains so it right. could be one of them but yeah. i'll update <laughs> you but for now basically my instagram is kind of the main um main point of reference so it's cool. grace alice sex educator and there's an underscore between each word okay. so there's three underscores so grace awesome. alice so four separate words um and on my instagram if you click into my link in bio you can go onto my linkedin there's all my qualifications my training everything there um and my email address is included as well i definitely have it on my instagram and my paypal etc so it's all there for now but the website hopefully will be up soon yeah and that will be in the description below everyone so definitely check all of that out um but i thank you so much grace for being on the podcast today for chatting um it's definitely it was definitely uh i learned a lot today and i'm sure everybody else out there did as well so thank you Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was officially my first podcast. Oh, awesome. Being a guest on the podcast. So um, I was kind of nervous and I definitely chatter on when I'm nervous. But anyway, that's for you to be editing. and That's good. That's good. I like (laughs) it when uh... people talk more versus like a couple sentences and it's like, oh, shoot, now we need to uh, to speed it up. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's awesome. But yeah, thank you. All right, everyone, that is it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I did a lot. I learned so much. And this episode actually got me thinking a lot differently about various things. So about sex toys, for example, about cheating, about dating. Um, 
I learned so much here and I hope you took something away. I thought this was a super interesting episode and I think Grace did such an amazing job explaining everything. Be sure to check out all of Grace's links below. You can check out her Instagram below. Um, you can check out all of the things from her Instagram. So she kind of has like a link in her bio um, where you can check out all of her links. Um, you can also check out all of the websites that she mentioned throughout this episode. So the sex shops and the podcast. I will post all of those in the description below as well. So thank you all for listening to this week's episode and I will talk to you all next week.